Welcome to the seniors. I didn't think the shout out was loud enough last time. Welcome to the seniors. Hey, I just thought I'd do a bit of fun, first of all. Under 10s, stand up. Any under 10s? They're all out having fun out there. And I'm going to talk about that later. Under 20s, a few here. Ah, great. These are the generations in our churches. You'll see most of them if you bother to come at night, okay? Under th 40s. Gets a little bit tricky at this stage. Oh, you're doing well. Look at the masses there. Great. Uh, under 55. 55? I have to get a little bit selective now. Bit selective. And of course, 55s and overs. Stay standing if you're over 70. Yeah. He didn't Stay know if he was or not. if you're over 90. <laughs> Whoa. It's so great to know that there's different generations. We're having this series and it's because we need to get to know each other a little bit better and appreciate where each other is. Because the tendency is to feel that you belong to where your peers are. But you know, when you get to my age, you need younger people in your life. Believe me, you certainly do. And uh, you need someone to do the gardening, <laughs> to do the vacuuming. You just need younger people, but you need them also to keep you young, to check out your thinking, to make you realise the world is a very different place, but God is exactly the same. I've got a fun Bible reading for you today, really good fun. Now, you've got to watch this. Um, I'll read it to you from the screen. It's from the Message Translation deliberately. I bet you didn't know this was in the Bible if you're under... 70. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 7. Hopefully it's on the screen. Yep, it is? Up there, behind me. Well, excuse my back for a minute. You can read it with me. Is that all right? Honour and enjoy your Creator while you're still. Before the years take their toll and your vigour wanes. Before your vision... And the world blurs, and the winter years keep you close to the fire. In old age, your body no longer serves you well. Muscles slacken, grip weakens, joints stiffen. The shades are pulled down in the world. The the you can't come and go at will. Things grind to a halt. The hum of the household fades away. You are wakened now by the bird's song. Hikes to the mountains are a thing of the past. Even a stroll down the road has its terrors. Your hair turns apple blossom white. I like that. Adorning a fragile and impotent matchstick body. Yes, you're well on your way to eternal rest. 
while your friends make plans for your funeral. <laughs> Life, lovely while it lasts, is soon over. Life as we know it is precious and beautiful, but it ends. The body is put back in the same ground it came from. The spirit returns to God who first breathed it. How does that passage start? Can you remember? Remember? <laughs> Those over 70 can't. <laughs> Can we? Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. I asked our 90-year-old to talk to me about the spiritual practice she has in life. And, you know, it was quite hard to get Dorothy to agree that she had something to contribute because it's such a normal part of her life that she thinks, why wouldn't everyone do that? So I've asked Dorothy. Amanda's going to go to her with a, a um, what do you call those things? Microphone. And uh, see, have a chat. Well, um, you're quite right. I was a bit taken aback. I thought, this is what everybody does, so I do it too. I don't have to think about it. But you know, the Bible has been central to my life. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that everything hinged on the Bible. Because I grew up in a godly family. At school, where, when I went to school in Dublin, we had to learn great chunks of the Bible, some of the lovely parts of the Bible by heart, which have stayed with me. And then when I made my own confession of faith, I started reading daily Bible readings. And you know, I think this is the key. There are little helps to Bible readings, and some of them are called daily bread, some, and the other one's called every day with Jesus. And I think it's the everyday part that's the important part there, every day. And that, that's just what I've been doing. <laughs> And every time I read the Bible, it's more interesting and more exciting. And when you've been reading it for a long time, like I have, <coughs> it becomes really lovely and exciting, and I couldn't do without it. And then I thought, well, there's also prayer. That's an obvious one. And <coughs> when I read the Bible, I talk to God about it, because prayer is only talking to God. And then I talk to him at other times of the day, and I talk about my friends. And there again, it's sort of natural, isn't it? And then there's Sundays. Well, Sunday to me has always been church, so it still is. If I can make it, then that's fine. So there again, it's a good habit, isn't it, to say this is Sunday, this is church, first of all. And then <clears throat> a great passion in my life has been Bible study. And all through the years, I've been involved one way or another with Bible studies. And even when my husband was alive, we couldn't find a Bible study. We started one in our own home. So I still go to Bible studies. So I think it's just wonderful to be able to talk about the Bible with other people who are equally as excited about it as I am. Another thing I thought of was music. It's always been a big part of my life. And Christian music has been just just part of me. But I still have CDs of oratorios and those beautiful hymns, and thank you um, for the hymns this morning, which was a delight. And then the other thing I thought of was missions, because I want to know what God's doing in the world. And so 
I want to hear about it. I want to get prayer letters from missionaries. I want to know what God's, what God's doing and what's happening. And of course, guess what? One of my main interests is the Bible Society. So really, it all comes back to the Bible. And of course, we mustn't forget WIC because we're right on the spot here with our training college. And those two missions have been very instrumental in my life too. So I guess life goes on as it always has with me and will go on for a little while longer, perhaps. Thanks, Sandy. <laughs> We may not all live to 90, but I pray that we will have a story like that. One of the things that makes it so real and vital for Dorothy today is that she developed habits when she was much younger. I hear a lot of people say, when I've got more time, retire, I'll do that. But you know, if you haven't developed the habits, it's much harder. Because there's so many other things that take our time, like watching the Commonwealth Games, or reading, or whatever. So I want to suggest today that if you do not really believe that God works from the cradle to the grave, if you do not believe that, you might as well go to sleep and die now. Someone once said to me, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. May God give us the courage to be learners. I'm not a learner like I was when I was at university or anything like that. I'm a learner of God, his people, the word. And may that happen for me all the time. Through all generations. God is our home. And from the beginning to the end, God is. I've also asked a very dear friend of mine, whom I've known since she was a young teenager, and a friend of yours, to come back to the pulpit today to talk to us about some of the ages and stages about growing older. Welcome, Grace Fleming. Welcome, Grace. Thanks, Sandy. Ah, this is a homecoming. How beautiful to be welcome back. I walked in this morning and thought, oh, it's so nice. And um, I remember years ago, Craig asked me, what's it like when you get up to speak? And I said, the moment I put my foot on that bottom step, I'm off and running. I love it. So thanks for having me back. So, Sandy, that was a whale of an opening, that reading from Ecclesiastics, like, whoa, it's all downhill from here. I wonder how you imagine yourselves in the next 10, 20, 30 years as you age. I wonder if you see yourself a bit like these people. But I wonder what your worries are what your concerns might be. Is it all a downward curve from here? How do I approach the end? How would I cope with a long drawn out illness or the loss of my life partner? They're very 
sort of deep and very private fears that kind of crop up after a certain age. The trouble is if we don't attend to them, if we don't give voice to those fears, they're going to influence us in subtle ways and rob us of life. The fears actually speak to a very beautiful, important longing of the human heart, and that is to live a significant life to the full, to the end. And that is a wonderful thing. And it springs from our Creator, and His intention for you is to live just that, a significant and full life, especially in the later years. So I want you to listen today to what God might be saying to you personally about your aging. First up, God's never going to ask you to deny that things change as you get older. Our world can't really cope with it. Our world is in denial. In our world, the best thing is to be young and stay young, whatever the cost. God will never deny us the reality of aging. We hear it clearly in the Psalms. I'm laid low. My soul is weary. I'm poured, poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The world turns its face away from these things. But God will not ask us to deny that there is a decline. Instead, he says, I will never leave you. I'll never desert you. You, whom I have upheld since you were conceived and carried since your birth to your old age and your grey hairs, I am he who will sustain you. I've made you. I'll carry you. Let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and the years of life and the abundant welfare they will give you. You see, we're not promised that we will escape the trials that come with aging, but we are promised a truly meaningful and satisfying last quarter, cherished by the one who made us. Step with me for a moment into history, into the story from the Bible of Elizabeth and Zachariah. They were aged in their 80s and in many ways limited, but God called them and they respond. And a wonderful thing happens. There had been, as for all of us, great sadness in their lives. They'd never conceived a child, although they longed for one. Here they are at 80, and an angel came to them and said, you're going to have a son. In their 80s, an angel came to them and told them this amazing thing. I want you to keep listening. Listen for the amazing things that will come your way. 
course, Zachariah couldn't believe it, just like you and me. We get stuck in a negative, fear-filled narrative of the future. God whispers to us, invites us in to an adventure, and like Zachariah, we can't quite believe. Who, me? Do that at my age? Then something happens which doesn't seem like it's part of the plan. Zachariah loses his ability to speak. And isn't that what happens? We're doing our best. We're trusting God. We're we're taking that next step or trying to. And then enormous obstacles come up in their way. Zachariah and Elizabeth were able, despite all obstacles and their frailty, to say yes to God. And in due course, the longed-for child is born, and you know who he was, John the Baptist. He brought light and hope. He was a herald of hope, actually, to a crushed people in an occupied land. The point of the story for today is that surprising fruitfulness can come to us as we grow older. All you need to do is to keep saying yes to God, yes to following, yes to those whispers, yes to everything that arrives, everything, confident that God will hold us secure with his deep purposes intact and you in the middle of them until he brings us home. Now, in these last few minutes, I want you to hold on to that. Surprising fruitfulness and an active, excitement-filled life until we hit heaven's door. But I want to, for a moment, balance that with the reality of the physical decline How are we going to stay fit and well physically for the next 30, 40 years? Notice I've changed from the 10 and 20 that I started with. How do we keep saying yes to God when our bodies are actually winding down? I've got a few hints for you. First of all, dementia. That's a stubborn elephant, isn't it? in the room called old age, and something I know people worry about. Well, it's true, dementia is on the rise, but let's get it into perspective. Dementia's only rising because we're living longer, 30 years longer than our grandparents. So the number of people sort of getting eligible for dementia is kind of on the way up. But medically, the rate of dementia, that is the chances of you getting, develop, uh, getting dementia, is actually going down. So you need to hang on to that. And there's stuff that you can do to ward off dementia. Here they are. Have a look at this. Keep your heart healthy. Exercise well and eat well. Get your hearing checked. Get a good night's sleep. And get professional help if your sleep is broken. There are secrets you can learn for getting a good night's sleep every night. Keep your brain really challenged. 
I don't mean with your feet up doing a crossword or a Sudoku. I mean a big challenge like learning a musical instrument or starting a small group. Recent research tells us that even in your later years, you can develop new brain cells. And one more thing, stay actively connected to others. Now, just a word about exercise. It's the one single physical factor that contributes to long life and mental well-being. Exercise. 30 minutes, yes, 30 minutes of moderately intense exercise five times a week. That's walking fast for half an hour and includes some uphill. If you do that, you're going to resist, uh, um, avoid your risk, reduce it for heart disease, stroke, dementia, diabetes, and some cancers. So start now. I started jogging in my 50s, never looked back. Linked to exercise, drinking water. Listen, I'm serious. We lose our sense, as we grow older, of thirst. Did you know that? No, it's true. You have to get deliberate about drinking water. Dehydration is high up on the list of causes of death for people over 70 in the US. And dehydration, if you watch Doc Martin, you'll know this, can masquerade as dementia. And there's a cure, drink water. Okay, I'm finishing now. I want you to know that you are God's gift. I want you to recognise you have heft. You know what heft is? You have heft from the weight of your knowledge and your experience. You have strength that the young ones cannot have yet. And you have the authority of your long history of God's faithfulness. In other words, you have incredible influence. So get out there, find out what God wants you to do, and get on with it, and drink lots of water. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Grace. Oh, I'm popped out. <laughs> One generation shall lord or exclaim the works, your works, to another and declare your mighty acts. I don't read in that verse, hand on the baton to someone else. And yet, I've heard that message so often. It's true that us seniors may be hopeless, helpless, absolutely devastated if we have to run a youth group. So we don't do that. We may not be able to sit on the floor with young people anymore without a bulldozer to get us up. We don't have to do some things. We've got to say goodbye. 
one of the most healthy things that I had to say goodbye to, and it was the best thing for me, was going to meetings, discussing stuff, organising, planning. Goodbye. I can trust the others to do that. That's not handing on the baton. My role is to pray that they will make good decisions. So I'm not a believer in handing on the baton or baton or however you say it because I believe that I and you are a disciple for all of my life. I am always a follower, always a follower of Jesus, always being transformed to become more and more like Jesus. I think we're obligated more than anything, obligated to continue our walk and our growth with Jesus. I loved that Dorothy said she loves studying the Bible. She still studies the Bible. She's interested in the world. I know that I can go and talk to her and she can tell me what God is doing in certain countries because she keeps up to date. Your interests do narrow, but they need to go deep. Okay, keep on growing. So what stops most people from being attractive to others so that they see Jesus in them? What stops us? I'm going to suggest it's part of the cynicism that eats away in our society. Now, linked with that could be loss of identity through loss of employment, retirement, some bitterness and regret for not doing stuff, but this is a good one, a longing for the good old days, whatever they were, because memory only remembers the good old days. We forget the trials and tribulations. Or that little phrase that we often start, in my day, you heard that one? In my day. Um, and these can destroy us being attractive to others. Now, I know we get... Uh, scars on our lips and our hair goes grey and we may not be as good looking as we probably were um, but the truth is attractiveness is always something that comes from inside and through our voice through our mannerisms and if you are in any of those places especially about music in the church I'm going to name it that was great today eh? and didn't we sing didn't we enjoy it? Because it was something common and something in our heritage. And uh, did you know that when some of those songs were introduced into the church, the same reactions that older people have today to new songs happened. They got into trouble for having those songs. So let's be generous about our singing. Have some that we remember from the old. That's for the worship leaders, okay? Some that bring back to the older people the joy they had when they sat in church all those years ago. But for the older ones, be generous and kind. And if it's too loud, shove some earplugs in, okay? It is loud. But you know what I love to see? I love to see a drummer who's excited about what he's doing or she's doing. I love to see our young people up here in the mosh pit worshipping God. I don't join them. I'd be dead the next day. But I tell you what, it's a great vision to see that happening. 
So if you're sitting in those places where cynicism or regret or the inability to embrace life where you're at is part of your story, I'd love if you could just go to God, repent, and say, help me, Lord, to see things as you see them. Help me. Repent. I'm sorry if I've become hard and cynical and I live in the past and I haven't embraced you today. And Lord, please give them wisdom to know that I can't always follow the internet. (laughs) Add that one as well, okay? And repent and trust Jesus. Forgive those that you've built up resentment for. People do do things differently. Generations do. And we don't sit there. Remember this. I'm not dead. God hasn't finished with me yet. And if you're sitting here today, you're not dead either. I don't think. God has not finished with anyone in this room yet. You believe that? Yeah. Uh, Trust God. Trust God in these last years that when we meet face to face, we can stand there and say, I've lived well, despite the realities of what comes when I do age, when I am deaf, when I am needing my glasses, when it is difficult to follow all the instructions, when I can't get the apps working right and I can't engage. Seek help. We all need 13-year-olds in our lives who can use the internet for us. So borrow a (laughs) 13-year-old. I've just got a few things. Grace gave some other things. I I just want to give some actions so that you can keep attractive to other people in this congregation and in this world. I do believe that my role in life is always to remember that I belong to a family and I need to work at my belonging. I also know that I need to be inviting other people to follow Jesus. I do it differently as I'm older. So here's the first one. I'm over time. I'm sorry, but I've got to do it. Bless other people. Remember that one? Bless. This is what I mean. When we bless God, we worship him. When I bless you, I add value to your life. I encourage you and lift you up. And it's inexpensive. It doesn't cost a thing. It's a text message. It's a smile. It's a word. And I've got a challenge for you today. You ready for it? I want you to tell someone else that you're going to do it to bless three people a week. And only one of them can be long to door of hope. Okay? You've got a sphere of influence. Now, that might mean I will actually say, good job. That was great. It may be a smile. It may be a bunch of flowers. It doesn't have to cost. Okay? Bless. You got that? Make someone else in your world feel good. But it can only be one person from here because you've got a sphere of influence. You've got people out there. Are you in for that one? Will you tell someone that you'll do it? Will you keep accountable? And here's what I'd love you next week, the week after, whenever, to say to me, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, saying it. So that's blessed. The other thing is eat. 
eat with someone. I'm calling it eat or drink. You people who are younger, start practicing hospitality. Have people in your home. That is how Jesus is spread. When they see your, you and your God and your family at work and you've taken them in. But here's the next challenge. I want you to have a drink with someone in the next month in this congregation so that we mix it all up and uh, have a drink of tea or coffee or hot chocolate or Coke or whatever the person provide, wants with someone who is, if you're under 50, under 50, 20 years older, okay? You've got to find someone in this congregation who's 20 years older than you that you've never had a tea or coffee with before. Can you do it? And for those who can't afford it, I've actually got a voucher for you. If you really cannot afford it, you can have one of these and you can arrange before church or after church. Did you know someone offered me a coffee before church this morning? Someone I'd never had a coffee with. I had to say no. Because otherwise I'd be out at the bathroom all through the message. <laughs> but we did agree to meet up later. Now I've got 10 of these for people who cannot afford it and the value is up to $5 at Sila, our cafe. You've got to hand this in. It's already paid for and you can do that. Come and get one from me later. That's just if you can't afford it and you will do someone at least 15, 20 years older. But if you're over 50, you're not excluded. You've got to choose someone younger. Okay? Someone much younger than you. You have a drink. You've got a month to do it and you talk with others and look at and remember. And here is something else. I want us to keep being transformed by God through the Word, through the Spirit, through belonging together as a family of God. Families together celebrate together, and we don't do it enough at Door of Hope. Okay? So this is your invitation, and we're making it easy as possible. Bless, drink with someone, but all the time, keep learning Jesus. Keep learning Jesus, okay? Keep learning Jesus. I don't mean learn about him. I don't mean discuss him. I mean learn Jesus inside. Become more and more and more like Jesus. That means read the Gospels. There's two more activities I want to share with you that is open to you. For those who've never seen Hope Discovery Kids in Action, especially if you're over 50, the invite is for no more than five for the next five a session, five a week for four weeks, to go and sit in the back and watch the incredible Hope Discovery Kids at Work. It will blow your mind and it will make you feel even greater thrill of belonging to Door of Hope. Sit there quietly and while you're there, listen to the Holy Spirit to see if there's someone you should pray for. Secretly or say it to them. There might be a buddy or a worker or whatever. But there's probably a hundred of them down there. Go. And here's the next thing. For those of you who want to see our incredible young people, come to Undone. Okay, come at 6.30 if the music's too loud or bring earphones. But come and see what incredible young people we have. And that too will stir your heart and say, I love our church family. 
and I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. You got it? Just a few practical things so that we can learn to live well as family across the generations. Are you in? Go for it. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may God, may you be reminded that you are family. And families also, the family of God celebrates by eating and drinking together with the community of faith so that we celebrate and remember our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to make this really messy. Steve's not going to like this or the team's not going to like this. I want you to go and sit with different generation people to have this communion meal today. Okay, everyone stand up, move around, go. If you're too old to move, stay there and let the young ones come to you. Go find someone and then I'll say, in a minute we're going to do communion together. Come on, move over there. You're all the same generation. Come on, move. Okay, you found someone. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to remember who it is that unites us together as the family of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us so that we can belong to the family of God. He gave his life. He made it possible for us to follow Jesus and he lives within those who have repented and put their trust in him. So together, may you eat and drink and bless each other before you find your seats again. Amen.